0: traveling in China, I think is very powerful as you get to see a culture in all aspects of their culture, as opposed to one small sample. That's where
1: I think maybe racist comments could come out. Yeah, we just have like this privileged life. And it's true, we do. And being able to travel and experience different cultures and meet with like amazing people that you don't get a chance to meet with. uh, It's really cliche, but like, I don't know, it just kind of makes the world feel a little bit smaller
0: i have a client who's so high maintenance she's going to italy with her husband and grandson and she you know all five-star hotels all first class airfare um obviously private transportation mercedes only (laughs) but this is so embarrassing for the tour guides and i have the best guides in italy i use truly the best i'm confident they're amazing she said
1: i think for travel um your experience can be defined with the people that you share it with whether it be the people you go on the trip with or the people that you meet on the trip
2: hello and welcome to the wing it travel podcast with me james hammond personally i have been to 50 countries I've met so many people on my travels that want to bring on this podcast and get their story on record. I have plenty of tips and stories to share with you as well. Are you a backpacker or traveller or gap year student or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you. Throughout the weeks and months, you'll get many guests and solo episodes where I try to cover all range of subjects within travel. This is a casual and informative travel podcast to inspire you to travel in the future. Do you fancy some bonus content with this episode? Then fear not. If you start to be a patron today by going on to www.patreon.com forward slash winging it travel podcast, then you'll find these extra features every week for Monday and Friday's episode. One bonus episode every month, some ad free content, some early access to episodes, the exclusive added travel must have feature on every episode, patron shout out, some ad hoc bonus episodes. You'll get a copy of my Digital Travel Planner, which is available on Etsy, and you'll get my monthly Winging It Travel podcast magazine. If this takes your fancy, you can sign up for £4, $7.50 Canadian, $6 US a month, and I really thank you for supporting the podcast. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening and supporting this, and I'll see you soon. Cheers, James. Let's get into the episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode, where I'm joined by Brian Will from the Travel Agents podcast. I'll be getting their travel experiences on record, as well as some details about the travel agency that they both work for, called yeah, Chemo Travel Agency. And I'm really excited to hear about that, their travel experiences, and maybe some funny stories along the way. So, guys, welcome to the show. How you doing?
0: Doing well, man. Thanks so much for having us. We're excited. Yeah, I'm really. We're enjoying your podcast, winging it. Uh, thanks oh, yeah. for. Thanks for. It's, a, it's so cool to be on it.
2: Yeah. Awesome. And where are you guys based at the minute?
1: We are in Akron, Ohio, home of LeBron James.
2: LeBron James, of course. Yeah, yeah. The kid out of Akron, right? Or Akron? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. You got it. (laughs) Akron. Uh, Akron was the, or
0: is, the rubber capital of the world in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. You have four big names here for rubber. So Firestone, BF Goodrich, uh, Goodyear, and General Tires. And right now, I think... Goodyear is the only w- company that still has their headquarters here.
1: Yeah, that sounds right.
0: And everything else has been, but all the manufacturing and stuff—it's all been shipped to Asia. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, too true. Of that that kind of reminds me of all the—I don't know if you if you if you guys watch the F1, the Formula One racing—they um, all are sponsored by those Goodyears and stuff, aren't they? Okay. Nice. So, okay. The yeah, yeah. So I do know those names. But if I'm honest, Lebron James has probably <laughs> taken over.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would, I would think you know he's probably the one up there, and then, uh, yeah, next, next to the travel agents, yeah, yeah, (laughs) of course, of course, yeah, how could forget, yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) I wanted to do James a uh, a keys to Akron tour. It would be very moderately priced. People would travel to Akron to tour Akron, and on the tour we were going to drive by LeBron's house. This never panned out. I never, uh, (laughs) I never marketed it or, or. we're more of an outbound travel agency as far yeah. of an, yeah. as, <laughs> as opposed to an inbound.
2: In terms of LeBron James, what's the feel of him in terms of where you are? Like, is he is he a hero? Is he well-liked? Is he not well-liked? Like,
1: yeah, more for the most part, he's kind of seen as like a hero. Um, yeah. He does a lot of charity and a lot of uh, investing in the area. He has this uh, really famous school and made a lot of... Uh splash in the airwaves uh, called I Promise School. Um, and the goal there is just to help disenfranchised youth, uh, kids that don't get a lot of opportunities um, to get a really good education. If they graduate from the I Promise School, LeBron's going to pay for uh, their college uh, tuition. So it's just some really cool opportunities there for him. I mean, with all the, I don't know, uh, you know, he's LeBron James. He makes a lot of controversies, but uh, he's our guy.
0: Yeah, like in 2010, he left the Cavs to go to South Beach, to go to Miami. Heat. And everyone was pissed by the way he did it because he did this big thing called The Decision where he like went on (laughs) TV and said, I'm leaving. And uh, it really upset the fans here. They were like burning his jersey in the streets. (laughs) Yep, And then he, but it was funny because when he did that, we got, I know so little about basketball, so. Basketball uh, listeners will be cringing here. But when he left, the Cleveland Cavs became like worst, like last place, meaning we get the first round draft pick. So we got this guy named Kyrie Irving who was super good. Then LeBron came back to Cleveland. And in 2016, we won the championship against the evil, evil Golden State Warriors. (laughs) And, And that was like, Our first championship since nineteen fifty. Yeah. Or something. Sixties. So it was amazing. So when he left after that to go to the Los Angeles Lakers, people Mm. were way more amicable towards him and nobody was burning his jersey. Like they were just like, Hey, thanks (laughs) for that championship. Like he
2: got us. What about Kyrie Irvin though? Like he just turned up for a couple of seasons, won a championship,
1: and then off he went. So if LeBron's the king, Kyrie is definitely the prince. Um, prince, yeah. yeah, yeah. Kyrie gets a lot of love. Again, really controversial figure, um, but yeah. I mean, he he means a lot to to Cleveland basketball. Yeah,
2: yep. And this year, doing shite. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the Lakers and the uh, LeBron James. Yeah, it? they're pretty Hard bad. Start.
1: I think I saw a stat. They were like twenty five for like a hundred and twenty eight shots or something. And like, uh, wow. It's like, yeah, it's just something crazy.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a grim start for them, but no sympathy because <laughs> they're kind of a super team. So I don't care. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um,
2: that decision thing is a weird thing. I, uh, Will you might know like Anton Griezmann yeah. done that <laughs> I was going to mention him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 he done the whole like whole video documentary about it, and then went for two years and then came back.
1: Yeah, it's so wild, man. Like I don't understand like why it's such a popular thing. I, I think LeBron kind of spearheaded that. It made it a thing, but it's annoying, Mm. and it needs to stop. It's so stupid.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But it's good to get into people's minds of like why they choose to go somewhere else, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: All all you hear about before is they've decided to go. That's it. But maybe people might appreciate the the thought behind it. It's not just like, oh,
1: that's a good
0: point.
2: Quick decision. I've
1: never thought of that. That's very fair. I think as a Clevelander and a Barcelona fan, I've been jaded by both of the documentaries. So (laughs) I just,
0: I just figured it was a money-making thing. Yeah, It could be that as
1: well. It could be, yeah. Yeah. For sure, yeah.
0: The Decision, sponsored by Nike. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) Um, Enough about sports. So travel, early years. How did you guys get into travel, and was there an early interest maybe before you became an adult?
1: So my parents were actually in the military, so um, really one of my first homes was uh, Spain, the country Spain. Um, And I don't know, I just felt like a really deep connection to the country, and um, after that, I had not traveled for like a really long time. So first three years of my life, lived in Spain, uh, came back to the United States. And then for about almost 20 years, never traveled outside of the country until I got an opportunity to do so. Um, but it really wasn't until uh, Brian and I and a few other friends went to Iceland um, that things really, really opened up and changed my perception on travel. I had always, always had a desire to travel and experience Um, the world and just go to different cultures, different locations and stuff. But, uh, going to Iceland, I don't know, man, it's hard to describe. Like it just changed a whole mindset for me. Um, at the time I was a engineer at a power company and, um, I was, uh, not really happy with what I was doing there. Didn't, didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And, um, had this opportunity to go to Iceland and it was just very freeing. Um, and it really just opened up a lot of doors for me and really set me down this uh, really incredible path. So I'm really thankful for it. And because of, uh, because of that, I've just been, uh, I guess, obsessed with travel. You know, well, it was actually
0: that trip. It was so good. So well crafted. I offered you a job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. Wow. Yep. I mean, that's that was your <laughs> that was your uh, interview, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's a great way to interview, right? Go to go to Iceland. What year was that? 2018 or it right was 19. Before right before COVID. Yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely 20, not 20, the first 20, time I went overseas or anything like that. I mean, I've yeah. been to Israel, DR, Mexico, Ireland, Republic of Ireland, uh, yeah, Spain, Portugal, all those countries and stuff. But um, I don't know. It was just different with Iceland. I think yeah. it was the beauty and just being with people that I love and experiencing it in a different way yeah nice. yeah uh
0: i was i was i liked hearing that
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you got a photo of that yeah. glad we're on your <laughs> podcast yeah um my my early uh my childhood's funny because i come from a, a lineage of, of travel agents so my great-grandfather started this travel agency and Downtown Akron in 1918, 104 years ago, he passed it on to my grandfather, who passed on to my father, who passed on to me. So people think, "Wow, you're the son of a travel agent. You probably got to do really exotic trips growing up." And it's not true. We did not, <laughs> because um, because mainly, uh, like my dad knows that when he was taken on like cool fancy trips as like a teenager he didn't enjoy it. He played cards with his little brother in the hotel room. And like, they didn't want to go see all the sights cause they didn't appreciate it. I'm not saying every teenager doesn't appreciate like history and things. I'm just saying every teenager doesn't appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, um, so like we, like we're in the Midwest, which is like Northeast Ohio, near uh, Akron near Cleveland. We would drive eight or 10 hours, um, east to places like Delaware, Maryland, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the big hitters. Maybe in North Carolina.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and and because my dad would rent a beach house on the beach, we would go load up with junk food and we'd have TVs and our Game Boy or game gear whatever we played at that time and we were so much happier than if he took us to some cool historical place because at that age And this was maybe our personality. We just didn't appreciate it. So it wasn't until 2010 when I did the Disney College internship in Disneyland, which is in Anaheim, California, in Orange County. And that kind of got my travel bug moving. Then I moved to China for a year, and I lived with my brother. And that was incredible because we traveled all over China. We also traveled to Japan and Hong Kong. And it was, like, easy. And we are just like, oh, we can just do this. You don't need to be an expert or have a tour guide, like you can just go. I'm mm. very pro tour guide, by the way. <laughs> but uh, that got my travel bug, and, and now I've, I've gotten to travel a significant amount being a travel agent.
2: Yeah, China, that must have been a bit of a, was it a culture shock?
0: Yeah for sure for sure. Uh, shout out to our China podcast on our uh, <laughs> on our podcast. We have an episode my brother and I talk about our uh, my one year, his two years living in in China. So definitely a culture shock. We were very definitely had a soft landing by we worked at a university where our um, room and board was included and in the cafeteria they served us three meals a day and uh, it wasn't fully American, but they usually tried to have a couple American dishes. They always mm. had a peanut butter station. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Which they knew we would like. That's as oh, American as it gets. <laughs> I know. And one fun fact for Thanksgiving, which is surely you know Thanksgiving, James. I don't
2: appreciate it, but I do know it. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure.
0: It's our November holiday. Yeah. Where the big thing is we eat turkey. Yeah. So you can't. <laughs> they couldn't find a turkey in China. <laughs> <laughs> so they shipped one. I can only imagine how much they oh, wow. paid. And the <laughs> nearest. The nearest place to get a turkey was Australia. So, (laughs) this I remember we're all there in the, in in our, in our, like our apartment complex when this giant wooden crate came in and it was a turkey, big old turkey from Australia shipped to our college so they could give us a true American
1: Thanksgiving. (laughs) It was very kind. It it was dead, right? It was Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You never know with China. You really never know. We went plucking feathers out and yeah. stuff, were you? And- <laughs> no, it was a uh, turkey.
0: It was good, as I recall. Because, oh, at that time, anything. That's not Chinese food tastes great. <laughs> Just so, so much Chinese food.
2: What city was this in that you're living in?
0: Yeah, it was a very small city called uh, shoot, Xinjiang, which was near the capital city of Zhengzhou, which is in the province of Henan. Not Hunan, yeah. Henan. Henan is famous for... Uh, being the capital of kung fu they had this uh, the Shaolin temple was there mm. and uh, we took a could take a bullet train north a couple hours to Beijing a couple yeah. hours east to Shanghai um that's probably the best yeah description of where it is
2: and do you think like China travel is kind of a, an important subject because we do get a lot of how can we say it <laughs> um, influence from media or from other people who, might tell you one thing, but actually, yeah. traveling there must be a different experience than maybe what you've heard. You
0: know, it's through. interesting. I remember uh, I had a buddy who who moved to Vegas and was uh, worked at a, like like a, one of the big hotels, and he made a comment. This will sound rude about the, the Chinese guests, and mm. he it wasn't favorable. And uh, I said, I remember at the time I said like. I said, I understand what you're saying, but you have to understand, like, guests you get at a Las Vegas casino uh, at a very high-end hotel will probably be significantly different than maybe the majority of people you run into when traveling throughout the countryside of China. Yeah. And I grew to love the Chinese people way more than I ever thought I would because they would bend over backwards to help you, way more than I've ever seen an American help me here, And I just have countless stories of times that Chinese people went really far out of their way, sacrificing their time, energy, and money to help me and my brother when we were in, in an issue. And they yeah. never, ever accepted payment for their troubles. We tried putting it in their pockets. It would, would it work? <laughs> so I think all, all that to say, to answer your question or to comment or to compliment what you said, James, yeah, traveling around, traveling in China, I think is very powerful as you get to see, uh, it's it's different from maybe the, I don't know, the Chinese um, foreign exchange student you uh, you met or... The Chinese couple on vacation in New York, right? Like it, it, it is. It's gonna be different uh, because you're gonna see people who, I don't know, live a very different lifestyle than you. And I, I think it's, I think it's important to get to meet uh, people, a culture in all aspects of their culture, as opposed to one small sample. Right? It's like when you're mm. grabbing data. Like it's that's where I think maybe racist comments could come out. Because yeah, you're yeah, looking yeah. at a people group based on one very specific vision or very specific uh, data, which isn't accurate towards the whole people group.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I work with a Chinese guy, and he's like one of the nicest guys I've ever known. I've got someone else in their team who's from Taiwan, right? So we all know oh, wow! Yeah, there's potential tension there. And hearing them both speak about that situation the same. They both don't want any war. They both don't see the point of like, invasions or taking over that land, you think, ah, oh, they both think that. And I think this just reflective of, I reckon a lot of people do think that in China, but obviously you're not going to see those guys that make your news because that's not newsworthy, right? So yeah, that, it's quite interesting to get them in the same room.
1: That's really interesting. Um, I, I feel like Israel and uh, the Palestinian territories a lot of the times are like that too. When you talk to Israelis and you talk to people in the Palestinian territories, like uh, for the most part, uh, with the exception of like the religious extreme, they share that same sentiment. That they don't want that conflict, that they just want to be able to live in peace.
2: Yeah, and I think I learned about a tour group in Israel, oh, I can't remember the name, where they do tours in both Israel and Palestine, but they have a representation from both. So when you hear about the story of this particular place, you get the both
0: sides of it. I nah, just talking, uh, I was at a conference in Miami last weekend, with, and I, was, I met with reps from this uh, small group tour company called G Adventures, and they mentioned that, oh, they, yeah. that
2: they do yeah. that yeah um i think i was listening to a podcast of a guest who was a tour leader a palestinian um but he was explaining that his company had both um GeoVentures are quite well known in europe i don't know
0: how much they're known in u.s yeah but- gaining gaining for sure okay maybe yeah. more canada more europe but uh the u.s following is definitely there
2: okay yeah, that's good to know. Yeah, so I heard about that. That's pretty cool as well. But you don't get to hear all these like people's stories, right? Sometimes, so yeah, that's yeah. why probably we did podcasts, right, to maybe share those stories yeah. and get those out there. That's
1: good, definitely. Yeah.
2: Okay, and then growing up in Akron, you say Akron, then
0: I, I always say Akron. No, no, you, Akron. yeah, you're Akron. You were right. Remember, yeah. in we have the we have the heart. Ah, <laughs> there's nothing attractive about it. Akron. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think Akron <laughs> would be much better. Yeah.
2: appreciate. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and as a place, is it a traveler place? Do you, do you find a lot of people travel or is it a very me-time um, very place? Well, hold on. Yeah. We
1: have Cedar Point. I, I mean, Cedar Point's an hour and a half away. Okay, but, good point. Um, I would say people would, if, if people travel here, it's going to be more so for Cleveland and uh, the Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Um, mm-hmm. So, Akron is in uh, the backyard of the Cuyahoga Valley National Park. So if you're interested in, you know, going to the national parks and seeing all of them in the United States, uh, you'll make a trip to the Akron area to visit one of the parks. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, it's really just Cleveland, Cedar Point, and uh, In
0: June is Founders Week where uh, Robert Smith, I think I have the name right, Um is his tomb. Sorry. Uh, the founder of AA Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah, that's Uh, right. He was born and raised here. He he actually, his house is gosh, maybe a stone's throw from where we're at right now. You can go tour (laughs) it. And his grave (laughs) is a stone's throw from my apartment. It's actually in my walking route. Uh, I love that walking around that cemetery. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dr. Bob, they call him (laughs) Robert Smith. Yeah, I think anyways, uh, it, this whole city is packed with motorcycles. They're so loud, and they all go to pay tribute to Dr. Bob.
2: That's interesting. Is that due out of the history of the prohibition in the, in the old days and like how that came about because a lot of U.S. people drank a lot of whiskey and a lot of alcohol, right? So they got a bit worried about that.
1: That's a good question. That would be more so a question for my wife. Uh, she's a nurse, and she's had to do ah. a lot of stuff with AA um, for school when she was going through the program um Mm. the school program not alcoholics anonymous (laughs) (laughs) um but i don't know yeah that's a really good question
2: i know because i saw a stat once i I can't give you the stats i don't know the figure but i was shocked about how many people you know pre-prohibition drunk how much americans did drink it was ridiculous amount of numbers that in terms of the different types of alcohol and how regularly it was but i can't I i can't remember the figure but i was shocked by it
1: I would imagine they had like eight year olds getting (laughs) lit and then going to work. (laughs) Getting
2: lit, yeah. That's a great, that's a great term, isn't it? Getting lit. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. And then within USA, I guess you would have traveled a lot of states between you. Yeah. I always like to ask your favorite states that you would maybe recommend if people want to go to USA and travel. Oh, I'll go first. Hawaii.
0: Hawaii. It's, (laughs) I know, (laughs) so far away. It's 11 hours. We're closer to London and Paris than we are Hawaii. But, but yeah. uh, it is there's like seven islands, four of which we can go to. Um, and they're just it's expensive and it's inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just worth it. It's that much fun.
1: I, I've been uh, really privileged to be able to travel uh, the United States a lot in the past year. Oh man, honestly, I think the whole New England area, so that's Massachusetts, um, New Hampshire, uh, Maine, Delaware, Rhode Island, uh, Connecticut and I'm in Vermont. Um, I think I got all of them. Oh my gosh. They're just gorgeous. Um, I I would say probably nine months out of the year, you're going to have a really good time and a really good experience. If you're into hiking, there's a ton of opportunities in New Hampshire, a ton of options in Maine with Acadia national park, basically kind of in the middle, uh, bottom of the, of the state. And then, Massachusetts man oh my gosh like if you're interested in history and you want to learn more about uh, American history Boston is unbelievable it's probably one of my favorite cities that I've ever been to Brian and I kind of made the claim on our podcast that uh, every American should go to Boston at least once almost like in a rite of pilgrimage to learn a little bit about our country uh, and maybe even serve as a reminder uh, walking the Freedom Trail and experiencing the old town without it goes without saying we don't have anything uh, in terms of deep rich history the way that europe and asia does uh but the closest we have is boston um having infrastructure and places in in the city uh that are dating back to the 1600s and all the sorts of things like it's a really eye-opening experience and then cape cod is just a really beautiful place for uh, any sort of ocean activities whether it be whale watching or kayaking boating just hanging out on the beach and stuff like that really incredible stuff there
0: are you a tour guide <laughs> 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 it was
1: great and right now
2: it'd be a great time to go right because you always see on social media about vermont in in the fall yes it's like all these leaves and trees and uh, yes. very good Hi, james it is yeah.
1: extremely popular fall foliage. Um, yeah. even with uh you know coming up to halloween uh salem massachusetts is really really popular during halloween due to the salem yeah. witch trials And then, um, yeah, just like you mentioned, the foliage is huge, 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 huge for for the New England territory, the New England areas, territories. (laughs) Colonies. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to one British guy and there it comes.
2: Oh, next question is more of a, a thought that you might have. I've interviewed a few Americans in this podcast, and I'm always fascinated by what you guys think about how Americans travel. Now you mentioned like before about people making comments about Chinese travelers, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's fair to say some Americans abroad don't have a great reputation. But how oh, do you definitely. think, as a population, you guys travel? In?
0: Uh, I want to. I want to uh, relate this to something else. So, uh, a fun fact about me is that I was homeschooled, <laughs> and I have lived. Right. I have lived my entire life watching people's reactions when I tell them that, like yours, right now, James yeah (laughs) and i've been i've
2: got some questions about that but i think sure sure i've
0: yeah oh yeah i'm an open book um i would just say like i used to be ashamed that that was my answer i wish i could just say uh firestone high school or something like i where like people ask me oh where did you go to school i was homeschooled i used to even say it like i was homeschooled like like Mm. you know because there was there was a bit of like shame, and I loved my schooling. I had an amazing childhood. My mom was so adamant that we got out. We were in the local soccer team, baseball team, hiking club, Boston Mills Brandywine Ski uh, Club. We did all sorts of stuff. So I had so much of a social life. Almost I had more social activity than my public school friends. Um, yeah. So very different than maybe other homeschoolers. But I like to be. Now I get excited when people ask me, where did you go to school? Because I say I was homeschooled. Because I have like a positive story to tell about that. And I want to change. I'm just one guy, but hey, you got to start somewhere. I want to change yeah. people's perspectives of homeschoolers. So to your point, when you're traveling, I've there have been Americans who say, yeah, when I travel, I tell people I'm from Canada and I get way better greeting. I'm like, mm. You lie and tell them that because you believe they're going to accept you more. You're 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 embarrassed to say you're American. I, I disagree. So, so what? It be the okay? Maybe Americans suck at traveling. Maybe they do. Maybe they're needy and demanding, and maybe they have low patience and they're not willing to learn your language, and yeah. they make dumb mistakes because they're ignorant or something. And um, maybe that's all true as a whole. So be the first American that doesn't. Be the first American they've ever met that's super cool and chill yeah, and culturally exactly. friendly. Be yeah. the first American who's willing to try to like struggle through their language and ask them about their culture and their holidays and their religion. I don't know, whatever, right? And so I guess I'm not going to be like, I'm proud to be an American. I am, but I don't (laughs) flaunt it. When people ask me, I say, yeah, I'm I'm from the United States. I learned not to say America because in Southern America once, uh, someone on my tour was asked, where are you from? And she said, from America. And the girl from Argentina was like, well, I'm from America too. (laughs) She's like, oh, I'm sorry. I meant uh, USA. So I stopped (laughs) saying America because I'm not not trying to claim this whole continent as the U.S. No, (laughs) I'm from the United States.
1: Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, to that point, I don't think, uh, I don't know. I've never really experienced anything to make me like think of it. Like I'm I'm aware that there's that connotation and stuff like that. But I don't know. Every time I've gone overseas and things like that, I've just had really great warm experiences from the people. I've never even like, I don't know, at the time remembering that stereotype, I guess. The stereotypes deserved. let me tell you. There are people in the United <laughs> States that just suck. <laughs> sure. But it's like that everywhere, right? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I think it just depends on the kind of person. Like if you are truly interested in traveling because of culture and experiences and learning about different people, you're going to, you know, remove that stigma away from a lot of people. But if you're going on a vacation because you think you deserve to be pampered, uh, and you deserve a unique experience and you deserve this sense of luxury and care, uh, you're gonna be a dick about it, probably.
0: Oh, I, I have a story, uh, James. You'll you might appreciate this. Well, will you will you, you're gonna <laughs> cringe? I have a client who's so high maintenance. She's going to Italy with her husband and grandson, and she you know all five star hotels, all first class airfare, um, yeah. obviously private transportation, Mercedes only. <laughs> but <laughs> James, check this out. This is so embarrassing. the tour guides and I have the best guides in Italy I use truly the best I'm confident they're amazing she said you know (laughs) I I prefer like she said it's it's hard for me to understand them speaking English with their accent so if possible I'd really prefer American tour guides who grew up in America, but they're living in Italy doing tours as my tour
1: guides.
0: (laughs) It's not enough. It's not enough that an Italian person that's a professional tour guide who has learned English fluently. It's not enough that they would be her guide. She would like someone with no accent. (laughs) That to me... I was just sitting there fuming at my desk and I just said, No, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. My guides are amazing and you'll have no problem understanding them. That
2: is almost the top level of privilege.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm just like. Never heard someone even. It's like, don't get me wrong. I'll I'll take her money, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. But maybe you can educate her. Maybe that yeah, will, that's the maybe. positive thing here, right?
0: Well, no, yeah. she's past being educated. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's
2: incredible. Okay, that's interesting. And also linked to that, do you find that a lot of Americans don't actually travel that much
1: internationally? Kind of. Ooh, yeah, definitely. Well, they
0: we like comfort, so if if going to your Florida timeshare is comfortable, I see a lot of people just get locked
1: into that. I think for a mm. lot of people it's more so price. Um not it's not that international flights are expensive all the time. But it is going to be a lot more expensive than going, um, you know, yeah. to Florida. And if you're if you're in the Midwest, if you're in flyover states, as they're called, uh, good luck going overseas. Like, you're going to be spending a lot of time driving to the airport. You're going to be spending a lot of time flying to get to the location. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it kind of, you get the short end of the stick if you're living in, like, Montana and North Dakota. Um, great states, by the way, and great people. Uh, but it's a lot harder for people in the Midwest to get overseas uh, with the exception of, you know, Canada or if you're down south, um, you know, Mexico and the uh, South American countries. Yeah.
0: And, Will, I was thinking like if we're let, let's just say a six hour drive from where we are right now, if we drive six hours, we go to a lake, you know, um, <laughs> if we drive six hours. We're in Pennsylvania on one side. Chicago on the other if we go south we're in Kentucky Mm -hmm. so if you're in Switzerland then you drive six hours east I think north south or west you're in four different countries Mm. I believe yeah I don't think
1: yeah you should be able to make it in six hours yeah no absolutely Yeah, Yeah.
0: even past Geneva sure okay France so yeah I mean I guess what I'm getting at is I I think it can't just specific to distance to Will's point you may actually be a a pretty distanced traveler if you're based in Kansas and you've not yet left the U.S. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you've yeah. traveled pretty far distances, uh-huh. you know, comparatively, right? Yeah. yeah. And yet you're still in the
1: U.S.
2: Yeah, that's a fair point because you could drive half an hour under the tunnel in the English Channel and you're in France.
1: It's not fair. <laughs> it's not <Yeah>. fair.
2: <laughs> I, I do tell people this that when I'm in Canada, like flying across Canada is going to take seven hours to get to halifax maybe eight actually on the east <laughs> from, from from vancouver but like in december when i go to greece it's only three and a half hours from london greece on a, on a plane <laughs> and that's like at the edge of europe it is crazy what sure, sure. is available over there and i do get it someone said to me well yeah like you said someone in the middle i've got to fly a heck of a journey mm-hmm. if they want to go and see europe and even going south to mexico i guess that's a, a few hours flight right so i guess yeah. nothing's that close really or that different to be that close. You know?
0: and, and James, one thing I, I get a lot with when planning people's trips to Europe is they see it on the map and they get really carried away. And that's one thing I have to do, just educating clients about not yeah. getting carried away with Europe because they go, well, if I'm flying 11 hours to get there, I mean, and I'm doing London, well, I've always wanted to do Paris. And then that makes sense. They're connectable via the channel. But then if I'm going to be in Paris, I've always wanted to see Amsterdam. And that's just a quick train ride. And I guess if I'm going to Amsterdam, I should probably do (laughs) Brussels, right? And then all of a sudden, their 10 day trip becomes check in, check out, check in, check out, and just moving, you know, where they don't actually see anything because they're just spending all the time waiting for the train or the flight or whatever. Um, And so that's been one where I say, no, no, no. Like, I remember a mistake I made where I, I sent clients to Ireland for four nights. I did one night in Dublin, one night in Waterford, one night in Killarney, one night in Galway, and they came back to Dublin and flew home. They did the whole ring. And I was so proud of myself, like, wow, I got them to do the whole thing. And and they came back and said, you know, we did everything and we saw nothing. (laughs) I was like, what do you mean? They're like, well... When we weren't checking in, we were checking out. And when we weren't unpacking, we were repacking. And when we weren't unloading the car, we were loading the car. And it was like and, and constantly stressed that we make it to the next destination before nightfall because we didn't want to drive at night because we're on the other side of the road than we're used to. Yeah. And so it was yeah. like, oh, gosh, they would have been better off with four nights in Dublin. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's a fair point. Fair point. What about this one idea? Me and my friend have got an idea in February next year. We're going to do a Micro Nations tour for a week. And it's going to be Andorra, Monaco, Vatican, and San Marino. Now, you, uh, to your point there, it's going to be fast going. But the, the point of the trip is, is that possible in a week? Because they're like one, maybe Andorra's a bit longer, but you have a three or one or two days max, right? Because they're so small.
0: Right, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And like Andorra's worthy test of that out. Andorra's worthy of one day and Monaco's worthy of one day. Yeah. And, and, and Like really, like Monaco's great, but then you're kind of done after a full day there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then unless you're like super rich, I mean, what else are you going to do in Monaco? Yeah, exactly. I have no
2: idea. Yeah, we said we'll we'll go to the casino, but like we're thinking (laughs) putting like five dollars down on a chip, but they probably don't have five dollar tables. Right,
0: right. You're not. (laughs) You have to do. uh, It's it's. Hold on, I just did this uh, last year. I can tell you, in Monaco at the at the casino, um, you to get in, you paid thirty euros, but and you get a ticket to just enter. And look around and just walk in the restroom. I mean, that alone was an experience, you know. <laughs> uh, and then you get, a, you get a $10 voucher to your choice of the bar, the slot machine, or a table. So I took my 10-euro voucher. I went to the bar, and I got a margarita for 19 euros. I had to pay nine <laughs> plus tip. Because the slot machines, I I was like, I'm just not a slot player. And the tables, the minimum buy-in was like 50 euros. So I'm like, well, I don't want to spend 40
1: euros.
0: (laughs) So I guess I'll just go to the bar. And what's okay? One of the cheaper options was Uh the margarita for 19.
1: And I take it this is the Monte Carlo, Monte Carlo Casino. yeah. Yeah, I mean, worth it just to get in there. I would say. Oh yeah, but you couldn't take pictures. Oh yeah and it was Teens so like that the
0: uh, the opulence was just great i was like man i but you know it was weird after about five minutes in there i had this weird feeling like i don't belong here i want <laughs> i won out so it's like too too much i've not been around that much opulence
1: and you, it's a weird feeling have you been to the vatican before james no. I think it's like so, you would say like just doing St. uh uh Peter's Basilica and that's basically like it. Well.
0: Oh, you're saying yeah, but like the, there's a called the Vatican Rooms where the Vatican Museums yeah, are yeah, where like yeah. you have um some pretty cool things to see there and it ends with the Sistine Chapel, which is yeah, important. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you get to you get to see the sh- the paid shushers, a group <laughs> of dudes who are just paid to shush you if you talk in the Sistine Chapel. It's their whole gig.
2: Shh. Hang on, so you Pay to see them and say, hey, and they go, shush. I said to my friend, naively, I said, oh, well, well, we've got to stay in each country. That's a rule, right? He's like, mate, you can't stay in Vatican. I'm like, shh, live uh, around it. He's like, no, mm. um, you can't actually go in it and stay in there. There's one coffee place I saw that you can get coffee. I think it's part of the museum or something in there, right?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Cafe Vaticano.
2: Yeah. Okay, so I might have to... Record my podcast and therefore my coffee podcast and see how that goes. There but, you go. Yeah, oh. so that's the idea. But the podcast series is like, can you do a micro nations tour in a week? Oh. In terms of seeing all the stuff you can in those places, but also traveling between them. Would you have ever Dude, thought that of that, Will?
1: Awesome. I that
0: love that. So cool. i that we haven't thought of that. <laughs> I just like listening to him. Like, wow. Like this is on my mind's like opening up to all these. Like, do I have
1: other? I, you're be allowed be to like, do that. A, us going to like four <laughs> cities in Ohio or something. Yeah, Cincinnati, <laughs> Columbus, Cleveland, Toledo. <laughs> <laughs> Just as cool. Yeah, be a tester. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, man. best
0: of luck on that. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to hear about it.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a challenge. And only the travel part is the challenge, right?
1: Definitely.
0: Like Andorra
2: to Monaco. Oh, it's a heck of a journey. Yeah. Yeah, you got to go down to Barcelona and across again. I think I'm not sure how that's going to work. Do you drive mm. overseas often James
0: or do you do you not rent
2: cars? No, no I do, yeah. I've actually rented a car in Greece and I'm scared because I've heard they're crazy. Yeah, um, well, already, in Athens so. they are, but the rest is fine. Oh fuck, yeah, so I've been in Good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I do. Yeah, I make it a rule. You make it a Good rule. For you. Yeah. So yeah, how are you
0: driving on the right? Well, obviously you're in Okay. You have a car in Canada.
2: Yeah, but I tell you what the difference is. This is this is the third part of it. So at home, right-hand drive, manual. So stick or you got stick, right? So I've learned that. That's fine. Easy. Automatic, left or right-hand drive is easy. It's just pedal and go. You put it in gear and go. But it not only increases, it's going to be left-hand drive, manual with right stick. Right. So I've not done that sort of combination before. James, That's what I'm scared of.
0: And, and on and manuals when you're driving on... Sorry, the way you said it, left-hand drive. So the way I'm used to, first gear is left and up. If you're on right-hand drive in the UK with your left hand, is it still left and up? Yeah. Okay. So you get re- like to go to first gear, you get a really good um, <laughs> tricep work. <laughs> it It's just like a different. Yeah. It's a weird muscle, right? Not not used to that. But also the feet, right? It's also like, oh,
1: oh yeah, that's
0: like a. Bridge. But is the clutch still the left foot?
2: It is, but like it's just the different combinations, and it it's still it's just the whole swapping over to the left hand side. Because in Canada right now we've got automatic cars, so even though technically I've got foot brake on the left, and yeah, you know, the brakes and the accelerator is still the same.
0: So in Greece, why did no you clutch? choose the manual as a challenge, or because of the challenge?
2: Price? Yeah, get them a comfort zone. Yeah, and it's cheaper; it's half the price. Good for you. <laughs> As a tip for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have an affiliate link with Discovery Cars, so I got some money back on it as well. So it's even cheaper. Hey, nice, man. So if people are interested in the shameless plug, if they want to, to run a car.
0: I'm all about you insurance. getting out of your comfort zone. I will say, when I was in southern France and I drove to, from Cannes to Monaco, yeah, I was ready to drive the stick shift. And <laughs> the very kind agent from... Uh, sixth rental car was like she like looked me up from head to toe was like no nah, we'll just give you an automatic <laughs> <laughs> I was like, she didn't want the risk and I, it was it was insane driving because it's these crazy hairpin turns on a cliff i had no idea what i was in for and i'm very grateful i had that so you do whatever you want but maybe <laughs> i want you to be able to also enjoy the gorgeous scenery of these micro might consider an automatic just so you can enjoy it but do you
2: yeah <laughs> i don't want to fly it flying's too easy right yeah so we, we we might just do train public transport or car we can't decide yet sure but yeah. p- problem with the car is you gotta get go back to where you started didn't you normally
0: oh and,
2: yeah and, and they're different countries
0: so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. And, and americans don't understand that yet um the whole like <laughs> right. i had i have clients who are uh, gonna do france and they were like well at the end of our trip, we'd really like to do Tuscany, so we'll just pick up the car in uh, Nice and drop it off in Florence, and I just, just, uh, just to kind of roll with that, I was like, well, let's price it out, because I, I said, you know, if you pick up inventory in one city and drop it off in another, there's what's called a one-way drop fee, and they were yeah. like, oh, I guess that makes sense. I was like, yeah, and sometimes when you pick it up in one country and drop it off in another country, that one-way drop fee is really steep. And they're like, really? I said, yeah, watch this. I pulled it up, and for a week rental, it was about, it was about $500, and the one-way drop fee was $5,800. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I once, I once called Auto Europe. I was like, I just need to understand why, why, why is the drop fee, when you pick up in Germany, drop off in France or something like that, why is it so much? And they said, well, what we have to do on our end is we send two representatives to drive out to that foreign country. One rep gets out of the car into the car you dropped off and then both of them drive back to the home base. You're paying for that. Okay. Wow. wow. Yeah, they don't want you taking your mm. French inventory and dropping it off in Italy. But $5,000, like,
2: wow, that's, <laughs> that's huge. It's so yeah. much. Yeah, Isn't that
0: great? <laughs> it's only down the road. Oh. Anyway,
2: I'd like to ask my guests about international travel, some favorite countries traveled. But before we get to that, I'm going to ask a bit of a deep question. What is the purpose of travel? What are you looking to seek? Or what do you want your clients to seek?
1: I think for me, um, it's really connecting with people that you don't get a chance to connect with. Uh, and as an American, you know, there's a stereotype kind of like what we just talked about a a few minutes ago. (laughs) Yeah. We just have like this privileged life and it's true. We do. And being able to travel and experience different cultures and meet with like amazing people that you don't get a chance to meet with and experience how they live and experience, uh, what's important to them, experience how they live their life, what kind of foods they eat. Um, It just makes you feel, uh, it's really cliche, but like, I don't know, it just kind of makes the world feel a little bit smaller. It gives you perspective. And that's what I love about travel. Um, The beautiful locations are amazing, but uh, my favorite aspects of my trips are always involving like the locals Mm -hmm. and uh, experiences that I'm having with the locals. So true.
0: Yeah, cultural immersion is huge. Uh, I think to answer your deep question, I'll give uh, uh, an attempt to deep answer. <laughs> travel in the marathon of life. Travel is a cold drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really believe that. Like it's, uh, I stole that from someone else. Um, I feel like different trips are like checkpoints in your life, and you go back and you and you remember. You in, like you remember different years of your life based on the trip you took that year. Sometimes, mm. um, yeah. you. It's the stories that are told. It's there how come every time I go to like a, a rotary club or chamber of commerce meeting or any sort of meeting and I'm sitting around a table where there's accountants, there's judges, there's attorneys, there's uh, financial planners, there's, I don't know, nonprofit people somehow, and I, I don't push for it when they see that i'm there the conversation just goes towards travel because oh there's a travel guy here and that's what we're going to talk mm. about because honestly i think it's the one of the most fun parts of life
1: mm.
0: so i guess purpose of travel uh, i i want to i want to give a better answer but first up can it can it just be fun just sheer fun it's what people look forward to I get the Mm. Will and I get the joy of just living off people's sheer emotional high of getting to plan their trip, which is maybe the thing that they've been working all year for, so they can pay for this, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like what a what a joy that is to get to like help people do the thing that they're most looking forward to this year. Such joy comes with travel. That's a
2: very good point about the whole and this comes in, I have discussion all the time about a whole point of people who have that, I don't know what America would probably have on, on average two, three weeks off a year. I don't know what your clients, in terms of mm-hmm. l- longevity travel for, but let's say it's two weeks. Yeah. That, that one bit of time, two weeks, it's crazy mm-hmm. that we live in this life where they just got to look forward to that two weeks a year, <laughs> like properly look forward to it. Mm-hmm. Like right. they, they may be enjoying social aspects like throughout the year you know. but the one thing they're like <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> okay the one thing
2: they're looking forward to is those two weeks that you've planned for them it's, it's quite a crazy thought isn't it uh, because if, yeah. if you put it a bit morbidly if they're what got 40 years of those trips that's only 40 trips <laughs> i mm. mean wow where if they go away for a year for two weeks so yeah I, i'm talking about averages of being like an adult and being able to and with family and stuff so it's not a lot of trips really is it well i no. talk with our
0: my colleagues like is this Added pressure that we have to help clients get their trips perfect. It's like wow, yeah. especially especially for the client who yeah maybe they have a couple of weeks off a year for vacation, but one it's very common to do like a staycation for one of those weeks, mm-hmm. and then one of the weeks you do a trip, and like mm. here we are and we get to help them with that trip, and it's got to be perfect because the other fifty one weeks of the year are all like leading up to this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a crazy thought, isn't it? And yeah. I, I think
2: we do discuss about long-term travel about why people don't do it more, but that's a different conversation about mm. privilege and about money and about risk and that, that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. definitely.
2: Um, yeah. But thanks for that uh, purpose of travel. And you've got any notes here just before we dip into some countries, talk about carnival ecstasy trip.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, when I was, um, when I was like, uh, eight years old, my grandfather, second generation of chemo travel agency. Yeah. He, uh, it's kind of honestly. I don't mean, to be more of like it's kind of like his going out trip, right? The last big trip before he passed away. He just paid for his four children, their spouses, and his ten grandchildren. Me being one of them, for all. Hold on, let me do the math here. Eight plus 10, 18, For all twenty of us to go on on um, the Carnival Ecstasy, right? Which uh, I, I guess at six years old, when you walk on to the Carnival Ecstasy cruise ship it's maybe the most brilliant magnificent thing you could ever imagine in your life and that you can be aboard this ship is a sheer wonder of the world right and that yeah. you can go to an ice cream machine and get un- like truly yeah. unlimited ice cream it, it, it was just the greatest thing right now here I am, and I feel that you'd actually have to pay me money to get on a Carnival <laughs> cruise ship. But I'm also that, I guess, a bit of our privilege. We get offers to do other cruises and things like that. So unfortunately, mm-hmm. Carnival is towards the towards the low end. But there's a market for Carnival okay. cruisers. So go Carnival for those of you who love Carnival. I'm not talking bad about it. It's just a different market than what I'm comfortable sailing with currently. Um, so I think just just seeing <laughs> travel through different eyes and experiences. I don't know what might be lame to you might be the most amazing thing for someone else and and vice versa. So don't write off anything as that's not a good experience. Just give it a shot, get out of your comfort zone. And I've had people who say, Oh, well, uh, to talk about Greece. Cause I know you're going there. Mm. Um, just, uh, I don't know, hopefully this ties in where I had a, a cruise ship take people and they were supposed to go to Mykonos, but the waves were too high classic. and they couldn't get yeah. in. And so mm-hmm. the captain veered off and took them to an island called Paros, P A R O S, and um the clients were so disappointed that yeah. they had to miss Mykonos and then they spent the day in Paros and they said it was the highlight of their whole Greek trip.
2: Oh wow. Yeah. Mykonos is a classic, classic. It's classic. such a stereotype. <laughs> yeah on my Greece trip I was like right I'm gonna pick an island I've never heard of yeah so we all know Santorini we all know Mykonos, we all know Rhodes free is a classic one I was like ah, but it's gonna be winter I need it to be mild so I'll try and pick a southernmost island and I just picked Carpathos never heard of it and Sea Express fly there once a day so I have no (laughs) idea what this place is but I just booked a one way well return Kassos is next door to it so I booked I fight to Carpathos and people are like, you just picked an island. I'm like, yeah, let's see what it's about. Um, so yeah, I have no idea what to expect, but I think that's quite a cool way to maybe choose somewhere off the beaten track or maybe not quite as generic. Yeah, sure. that's really cool. Yeah. And I think a lot of American could be like that, you know, and like mm-hmm. if I, if I speak to people in UK, like for example, oh, where you're going in the US, oh, Florida. Oh yeah, classic. Sure. Or New York, classic. Yeah, um, sure. But yeah, you know, why not go to Georgia? I don't know. Don't much yeah. about it. Savannah I don't know. Um so yeah, I think there's a there's a, there's a market there for like maybe choosing some random places and checking it out. But I think that comes down to time, right? As well. If you've got time to do that on your trip, yeah, <laughs> go for it. But like you say, one people, what, two weeks off a year? Yeah. And one is just staycation, and one is the trip. It's a bit of a risk to dot people off to somewhere that's a bit risky, right?
0: But- I, I do want to hear your England itinerary that's not London. Ooh. Oh, how many times do I hear that? Oh, where are you going? London.
2: Ah, oh, great. Cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I see why people would go there, but um, if I was to go to England as a tourist, I would yeah. not go to London. Oh, come I on. Go, I would go to Bath. Okay. okay. yeah, I must. And I would go to Liverpool. Okay. Oh. And if you talk about UK as the island, I'd definitely go to Scotland up, up north and get some nature in there.
0: How about the Lake District? Is that something...
1: Yeah, just above Liverpool. Yeah, that'd be pretty decent.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: What about um, Cornwall? That's a beautiful beach area, uh,
2: right? Be- beautiful, yeah. The, the top tip for Cornwall, if uh, I might say this in your podcast when I come on, but there's a group of islands to the left that no one knows about. And you can fly there from Penzance. And I think, I don't know, maybe like some other little towns around the edge. But that's like the warmest place in the UK. And cool. Called... The Isles are silly. So if people are listening... And want a hot tip, get to Cornwall. Great. Go around the coast and check out the small towns. But if you want the warmest place in the UK, go to the Isles of Scilly. On the left, they've got Caribbean type beaches and <laughs> no one really knows much about it.
1: That sounds amazing.
2: So, Silly is S C I L L Y.
0: How'd silly. you know I was typing it right now? S C.
2: Now. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. That'd be a top tip if you've got time.
0: Yeah. Now, now, James, you're from Norwich.
2: Yeah, heck of a journey that is
0: from... Uh, I was going to ask you, are you a fan of Soraya Jade Beavis? Or better <laughs> known with her stage name as Paige from WWE? The youngest female champion? A movie was made about her? Anything? No. Just nothing no. here. He just nothing looked up. Here, yeah. so the the one... people from Norwich. No, 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 no. I watched the movie.
1: <laughs> okay, very <fair enough>. nice.
0: <laughs> the one, because they had the guy from Shaun of the Dead and uh, and Hot Fuzz in it. That was yeah, the dad. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What was the movie called? Uh, I forget. It, it has, has The Rock, Pugh, in it.
0: right? It's got The Rock.
1: Yeah, The Rock's in it. Florence Pugh plays Page. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I forget what it's called. The
0: Page. This is I grew up with WWE. We watched a lot of wrestling. So <laughs> fact that you're from a city that the one <laughs> English wrestler's from and you don't know her that just seems like, like we could should sorry. fix that tonight. <laughs> <laughs>
2: was criminal i used to watch wrestling as well so i do well keep an eye on okay. it
0: she was born in 92 so she's 30 yeah so okay maybe she's a late bloomer <laughs> i know were you more like hulk hogan like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like macho man 90s, randy savage 70s. yeah
2: bad podcast i googled norwich famous people and see if i could rival one that you'd know but i'm not sure you would but maybe olivia Coleman, if you know
1: her as an actress yeah of course yeah, she's great. Yeah. So there you go. She's from Norwich, okay. Olivia Common. Coleman. Coleman. C O L. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's in C-O-L's. Hot
0: mean. Oh,
1: okay, okay. She's hilarious on it. She's pretty funny.
2: Oh yeah. Norwich has got some weird facts. I can give you some weird facts about Norwich. It's got the the largest open six day market in the UK. So what I mean by wow. open is it's got no roof, so it's just like just open open air market. Sure. Okay. Yeah, it's got one of the longest balconies in Europe, And <laughs> its city hall. It's got a huge balcony.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, it's
2: the... <laughs> there <our> are cool facts. <laughs> yeah, some football fact for you. That it's got the lowest ground above sea level.
0: Oh, really?
2: Uh, Norwich City is the lowest ground above sea level. Do you, you have know, a lot of city? flooding? Uh, it's, it's prone to flooding because some parts of Norfolk, the county, is underneath sea level. So that it is known.
0: Any animals uh, that are specific to that region? <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Do you have deer in the, in the UK? We have deer. Yeah, those deer. Stags, yeah, deer. right?
1: You call them stags? Yeah, stags. Yeah, so yeah. that's
0: not weird yeah. to say. Okay. No, it's not weird to say. Squirrels all over here? You have squirrels?
2: Uh, I've got squirrels just in my tree here in Vancouver, all over the place. Right,
0: yeah. but in the UK, no yeah, weirdness. Yeah. I had a Japanese hedgehogs. girl visit Ohio and she screamed when she saw a squirrel. It made my whole family turn our heads. It's like <laughs> Squirrel. What about um,
2: hedgehogs? I don't know if you guys yeah. have them. Yep. We well, do we
0: have groundhogs. Is that the same thing? Yeah. What's a hedgehog? That's Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the little blue animals that pop out uh, oh, yeah. of the ground. We, all the time. <laughs> well, we don't have yeah. Well, we don't have hedgehogs here. We have groundhogs and
1: not that a part of the hedgehog family? No, I mean it's these hog, things got just... hog in it. Yeah, it's got hog in it. It's
2: basically. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I don't. Know. But anyway, itinerary from the UK. If you want to go to Norwich, do it. It's got. It's, it was the second city in UK up until the industrial revolution. So it's quite historic. It's got a thousand year cathedral. Yeah, so it's worth worth visiting.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, we're trying to go to Scotland uh, next year, so oh, I I want to pop on down Pretty to England place. and uh, check out a Premier League game.
0: Can you just touch on Leeds and Manchester when you're done with what you're about to say?
2: <laughs> yeah, Leeds and Manchester, yeah, the way i in. yeah. I've not been to Leeds, so I can't comment on that, but quite historic. They fought each other in the Civil War, right? Is the it? War of
1: Roses, was that Civil War?
2: The War of the Roses, it's called, Said so Lancashire versus Yorkshire. Yeah, it's a big thing in English culture, if you like.
1: Yeah, but, definitely. It was, isn't that yeah. what, like, the inspiration for Game of Thrones, wasn't that uh, the War of Roses? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't watch it, so I can't comment on that. Sure, okay, no, that's okay.
0: <laughs> and then can you just touch on Birmingham? <laughs> um I wouldn't visit
2: Birmingham.
1: Is that controversial? Nah, fuck it. No, I wouldn't <laughs> Okay. My favorite English show I think is set in Birmingham. Line of Duty. Have you seen that? Yeah, great show. Dude, I
0: love that show. I thought you were gonna say it was the the Apple TV one with the coach. That's great.
1: Oh Ted Lasso? Ted, Lasso. Oh, Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah. That's, That's right as well. Yeah. yeah. That one's great. Yeah. Is that
0: Richfield? Rich? That's set in
2: Richmond. London, isn't it? In Richmond, Richmond yeah. yeah,
0: nice. That's a nice part of
2: London, actually. If you have got to go somewhere
0: in London, okay. What What's the like the super just like crappy part of London? Like, stay away from here. <laughs> well, I take the piss out of my girlfriend because I say
2: East and South East London are the shithole parts, right? But...
0: Well, no, I've heard it from <laughs> others. Don't go to East uh, or South London.
2: Maybe like I would avoid. Oh, it's controversial. I would avoid somewhere like Deptford, Catford, Peckham, Dalston, Kingston, like this. Walthamstow, Ooh. Ilford. Nah, wouldn't what, bother. What part are you talking? It's all East London? That's East, yeah. It's a okay. bit earthy.
0: Is that where all the dockyards are? Yeah, London? but dockyards. dockyards are
2: south of the river. So that's like Bermondsey, Peckham. They're, they're, they're the docks, right?
0: Did you ever want to work in tourism? Yes. Do you still want to? Yeah. Okay. So next thing. Yeah, he wants <laughs> to try you. and
1: be a travel agent, right, James? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Uh, Open up Kima Travel, Birmingham. <laughs> Kima Travel, Norwich. Hey. That'd be sweet. That would be sweet. You yeah, have yeah. to
1: host us once a year. That'd be the price.
2: <laughs> the problem with those areas I mentioned is they're getting popular because, like, gentrification, right? So mm-hmm, okay. they were bad in the day. The land is cheaper because it's a bad area. Now people are buying that cheap, cheaper land up in London and rebuilding it, right? right. So mm-hmm. it's just pushing... The bad areas out. That's kind of what's happening in London. But London's a bit strange because they do have generations of people who have stayed there. There's generations of generations of London people who just have not sold their house. You know, like cause it's so expensive. So they keep oh. the house in the family. So it would be passed down generation after generation. So you get those like long standing families in London. It's quite rare.
1: That's pretty cool.
0: That's cool.
2: But maybe more East London and Southeast London have those because it's
1: where the working class lived, right? Have you been to uh, Northern Ireland? No, no, we'd love to go. northern ireland is one of my favorite countries that i've ever been to um i mean dude it's so beautiful it's so underrated belfast man like if you get a chance um belfast is really really cool um incredibly walkable um and so historic man like this is really cool perspective like being in being from america like we had never heard of the troubles never heard of the troubles like why would we yeah we should but why would we um and going there and experiencing like some of the history related to that was really eye opening. Um we actually yeah. stayed in in dairy, Londonderry. Um Oh, be careful what you say. I know, I know. I'm not trying to be controversial. <laughs> it is on the map as London Dairy. It say is both. dairy. Say though. both. Yeah, yeah, say both. Yeah. <laughs> um and man, that was such a cool experience, dude. Like going down to the bog side, um, and being like ingrained in that culture and like being around the people <laughs> and I don't know, I mean northern ireland a lot of a lot of pride there and uh, a lot of history there man it's beautiful and super underrated we like i don't know we didn't we just have this perspective like first time i had been in europe in like 20 years so i'm walking around dairy with my family and stuff and we're in an quote unquote bad area because of the high ira presence or whatever we thought nothing of it. It looked super nice. Man, I recommend it. Yeah. Uh, Karkarid Bridge and um, Giants Causeway. Gosh, yeah. so pretty.
2: Also, I was going to touch on, you mentioned Iceland. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Have, have you been?
2: You have, yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, So this was the first time for, for both of us to, to rent a car in a foreign country and drive it. And we kind of stuck with the southern rim of Iceland and yeah. really saw everything that was on the southern side. And oh my gosh, dude, that was just... Ah, that that was like truly like a once in a lifetime type trip. What I found was super interesting, though. We didn't come across like an Icelander, so we landed mm-hmm. in, we landed in uh, Keflavik, and then met oh. some Icelanders there and like working in the airports and stuff like that. But once we got out, we went straight from Keflavik all the way to Hof, which is maybe about a five hour drive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And along the way, uh, there's a really big tourist area called Vik. It's a it's a beach. A small little village, and it's really famous because of the black sand beach there called Fiara. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, every stop that we went along, we had not met a single Icelander. Everyone was um, from Europe, from country some some country in Europe, uh, living there, working there, uh, getting some experience to send some money back to like Romania or Bulgaria. You know those kind of countries. Um, and then when we got to, to Hofen, which is different than Hof, two entirely different villages, that was the first time we actually got to, like, meet and chat with some Icelanders. And yeah. <laughs> the way we did it, we uh, this is a really cool and kind of typical, like, Nordic thing, a uh, we went to the swimming pool, um, public swimming pool, and all the pools, all the hot tubs, the ice tubs are all outside. It's probably I don't know, it was probably like twenty degrees outside, something like Fahrenheit, that. Fahrenheit, yeah. Yeah, twenty yeah, sorry, Fahrenheit. Oh, wow. And um yeah, yeah. we're all like huddled up in the hot tub and there's Icelanders, they're working on uh, movie sets. There's stunt men, there's stunt women. I think there was a stunt <laughs> woman there. And we're talking about what it's like for for their tourism like what is it like like a lot of their business is coming from the movie industry and tourism and um that by far was like one of the coolest experiences because Mm. i think it was the fact that it was like one of the first chances that we got to really speak to icelanders and we also got an experience to see like what it was really like to see what like an icelander does on a wednesday night they go to the swimming pool and just like hang out (laughs) and it's really cool (laughs) both literally and figuratively was that in the summer your trip it was in October, actually. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, summertime, obviously high tourism season. But um, so it, it was originally just going to be me and my wife. And then we were like, hey, let's bring some friends along. But m- my wife, she really wanted to see the northern lights, but we didn't oh. want to be there in like deep winter. So we were like, okay, yeah. October is perfect. The only thing to know about Iceland in October is that it's its rainy season. Right. Luckily for us, we had zero rain, which was really Really out of the ordinary. Yeah, that was
0: that was an amazing trip. I, that'll go down in the history books as one of my best trips. <laughs> I'll be honest, I was looking at pictures of a G Adventures tour I took to Argentina and Chile, and I was being reminded of the amount of the mountains. Well, first, let me just back up and say, I I like asking Americans this question, and James, I'd be very interested to hear your thoughts. Oh. But I I talk to Americans, I say, listen, we think about the world, like you think of Europe all the time because, I don't know, come on, it's Europe. Um, you think of Asia a lot, you know, China's in the news all the time. Think of Africa because safaris, animals, all that. Think of yeah. Australia because of Outback Steakhouse, this really great restaurant chain we have here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like Australia, you know, you get it. Um, Antarctica, That's kind of off the map, but, um, I say, do you ever forget that just below us here in North America, just below us, and I'm not talking about the Caribbean and and Caribbean cruising and Cancun, Mexico, and I get it. Americans go there, but below that, there is an entire continent full of people industries, finance, public transportation, culture, food, infrastructure, that was the word I wanted, (laughs) so much below us. Do you ever forget that South America is there? And I don't know if it's like (laughs) because maybe we're pretty far up north. I'd be curious about your thoughts on that. But I have had friends and family admit to me, yeah, I guess I kind of forget about that continent <laughs> 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 oh man sad you're in big into soccer Wilson maybe yeah. you get he, more I mean, he's gonna be yeah. in big soccer
2: too so I mean football is a gateway to South America for us so yeah. Brazil Argentina you hear all right. it all so the time. so
1: pretend pretend you're not into football and also the Falklands war I mean, do you know well. anything about it
2: <laughs> well Falklands war is another thing yeah uh yeah, but I'm a, I'm a unique because I was interested in geography and atlases, so I would know. But no, I think you're right. I, it's way over there. Like, what's that? Um, don't forget, a lot of Brits just go to Greece and Spain. That's it. Sure. Um, sure. If they're really feeling adventurous, they might need to Thailand. Thailand is the second biggest country that we go to so after Spain, right? So,
0: oh. what are those um, two islands on Spain that uh, all the Germans go to? Canary? Canary Islands. Do, you, do all you bris go to the Canary Islands too?
2: Ibiza is the classic one. Oh yeah, it beats South Island. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> nice. Majorca and Mallorca and Malorca, they're quite popular as well. Oh yeah, yeah Tenerife.
0: Oh. Tenerife's a popular one. <laughs> yeah, I got to taste South America by doing a like a twelve day trip around Chile and Argentina. Yeah. I think what's difficult about what Europe has that South America does not have is the compactness. I was just like, I was like I said, I was at a travel conference in Miami last weekend and I sat Mm. down with the CEO of South American tours. It's a tour company based out of Peru. And, um, she said, you know, one of the difficulties is if you're going to come really do South America, once you get here and she recognized that depending on where you are, it could take a long time to get here to South America you may have six to eight flights within your itinerary here. And there's just no mm. better way to do it, right? Like mm. the sheer fact that, James, you're talking about this micro-nations trip and you're thinking, eh, should we drive, should we train, should we fly? You don't have that luxury in South America. It's, no, you're going to fly. Even if you're just doing Peru, just one country, oh, just sorry. one country. <laughs> Fly to Lima, fly to Cusco, do the train, fly, you know, like all these different flights within it. It's like, oh, my goodness, you know? So if you want to do, like even in our trip, we flew to Santiago, but then we mm-hmm. flew down to, I don't know, Punta Arenas or something. And then from there, we took the ferry crossing over to Argentina, which was really cool. And then we flew to Buenos Aires. So it was like, oh, and then we had, you know, obviously fly home. So even within a trip of two countries next door, we had two flights within that itinerary. And I, I got to plan a trip for... Clients who did like a whole month in South America, and I think once they got to South America, it was like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten flights within South America, right? So it's just, it's just insane. Uh, so that's 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 one aspect of of the country of the continent that makes it more difficult and not as conducive for travel. Um, maybe they just need like high speed trains. Maybe they could get that from Asia. It's high speed trains from like. <laughs> Peru to Brazil I don't know whatever you know I air actually
2: bust it in South America but I, I had two oh. and a half months so I had a bit of time wow and I will say the buses in South America are bloody good really um, when you compare it to like Southeast Asia cool it, I think they have to but you're right they have to be it's a heck of a distance mm-hmm. like going from Iguazo Falls to Salta took like 16 hours I think or something like you just have
0: to <laughs> do, you really? wow. do it overnight
2: <laughs> yeah uh, and then across there to San Pedro, Northern Chile. It's a heck of a journey. Like it, It's hard to explain to people that that is a proper, it's actually a flight. You're right, it's a flight. It's not really a bus. But if you're on a backpacking trip, you've got yeah. a bit of time, you can do it. But um, yeah, How, you're totally right about that.
0: How's your Espanol? Uh, un poco Espanol. Okay. <laughs> Basically. Do you all, growing up in the UK, do you all learn French and German or what? <laughs> no one learns anything. <laughs> oh come on. There's no Well no. that's that's always the stereotype of Brits, right? You and, and yeah. Americans too. We just know English. Yeah. German, I learned German. People learn French. They're the two. Are those yeah. like the ones is Spanish offered in school? No, quite rarely actually. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and you're just right above Spain. <laughs> yeah. And people move to Spain. It's a popular it's a popular thing to do. Oh how funny. <laughs> No, yeah. and I feel like in U.S. you learn Spanish.
2: Yeah, if you go south of Spain and just just travel along the coast, you'll meet British people there. Just, just you know, chilling out and live there. And
0: yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. You know, what would be a really fun map. No, 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 this would be fun. A map where they replace the country with the most common language kids learn in school in that country. So, yeah, in I'm the United in States, yeah. it would say Spanish. I think I assume. Would Probably, you agree, Will? Yeah, it's definitely Spanish. Maybe in, in in France, it would say German or English. I don't know. I actually have no idea. But what would Burma say? What would Thailand oh, Burma's say? Burma's English. Let's well,
2: change it. That's the one country I knew. This changed it. <laughs> How about <laughs> that? Okay. I picked a new one. last year, they changed that all school children now learn English. I think that's one what, of their policies. What is
0: Peru? What's Peru? Yeah. What, maybe it's English. Maybe a lot are English. I don't know. But yeah. what's Russia? Mm.
1: China, yeah. no, Mandarin I mean, Chinese. What's North
0: Korea? <laughs> Mandarin. <laughs> do
1: they speak Yeah, they speak Korean.
0: Yeah, they speak Korean. Would they Korea. do they teach foreign China. languages in North? Yes, <laughs> because I heard of someone who a German who went there and they had perfectly fluent German tour guides who were North Korean who had to learn German for the,
1: uh, whatever. Oh wow. Yeah, How I crazy. North Korea is an anomaly in every regard. I feel yeah, much. yeah. <laughs> yeah, do you offer tours there? Oh, man. Finland. <laughs> um, what a, I, have, you had a, have you ever had a request to go to North North Korea? Zero. Okay. I do have Afghani, Afghani
0: clients. That's a level four. Uh, okay. That's do you, true. Okay. Do you have the... Uh, the U.S. State Department has a website where they rank every country in the world with one to four. Do you have that in Canada and the U.K.? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Is it one to four? No. Is that the rankings? I was more
2: thinking it's words.
0: Okay.
2: right. You talk about the level of safety you're talking about? Yes. Yes. Not advisable, avoid, not really ranked by number.
0: Okay, well, no, same, we get those same Same, words. Same idea, yeah. Two, yeah, like Canada is a level one for the US. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You hope so. Travel with normal precautions. Travel to level two is use increased precaution. Level three is called reconsider travel, mm. and then level four is do not travel. So okay. Afghanistan, North Korea, Syria, Iraq, Iraq still. Oh, I don't I know. Mean, I thought I was gonna have a whole list of like I was gonna go and it'd be really good. Would you guys go to North Korea? Ah, uh, I love watching YouTube videos of people who do. Yeah,
2: it's not it's not off limits, is it? But it's not high on the list.
0: Yeah, uh, for for Americans, oh, I it's more off limits. They do this whole narrative of the Don't Americans Don't you have to go to China the and then
1: come in through China?
0: Illegally. Illegally. That's huh. what I yeah. I believe we're not Oh, James, have you been to Cuba? No. Because you could, right? What's your passport?
2: UK. But I did I did interview someone this year who hitchhiked in Afghanistan, right? So that's like oh, an wow. extreme traveler. Um that's so it's possible. Before the fall? Uh after. Wow. He got his visa in Pakistan at the Taliban embassy. At the um, Taliban <laughs> embassy. And he, the only one in the world, I think, at the minute, might, there might be two now. And he said to the Taliban commanders, they said, yeah, if I go to a country, am I safe? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah come in. you would be welcomed. And we want you to visit the country. And some people might be shocked hearing that. But he said, OK, I'll give it a go. And yeah, he spent 10 or 11 weeks there, I think. Wow. And he hitchhiked it. He didn't even book it like a book at all. He just hitchhiked it. It's pretty crazy.
1: Seriously. Wow, yeah, that's, yeah, that's crazy, dude. Wow, dude, you, you said you had a podcast with her.
2: Yeah, episode with that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm gonna have to check that out. That sounds awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think a label it as hitchhiking in Afghanistan. So people can search for that if they want to check out
0: some details. Yeah, that sounds Iran really is on our level for Iran. <laughs> So's right. Yemen. So's Somalia, Sudan, South Sudan, and Congo and Libya. Yeah, uh, has he hit Chuck Sudan
2: as well. Yeah, he's that's he? absolutely fine. Yeah, so of is course Molly. he's a Sorry. yeah, he's a white male. But yeah,
1: sure. Yeah, white male. Yeah,
2: yeah. He couldn't believe the hospitality in both Sudan and Afghanistan. He chose between those two as his number one place for hospitality. Um, he was really torn
1: between those two. Yeah, Burma. I heard a lot of really good things about Afghanistan uh, and and the people there. Um, and I mean, obviously the unrivaled beauty too. It's just it's just a shame. Oh, the beauty. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Burma is a level four for us. So is Russia.
1: <laughs> all conflict zones. <laughs> You're naming all conflict zones, <laughs> areas with gun uh, war zones, active war zones, or re- revolutions. Yeah. I guess you could call it. Your, it's like a full blown revolution now in Iran, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's kicking off in it. Can I also? Move on to your agency, your
0: travel agency, Kima Travel. Nice pronunciation. Yeah, thank you. Kima comes from Romania, one of the five romance languages. Can you name the other four, James? God. Italy. (laughs) Italian, (laughs) good. Spanish. Yeah. Si. Portuguese. Dos más. Portuguese, si. Uno más.
2: Romance language, right? So... Let's
0: go with. I think you're missing the one that people find the most romantic.
2: French. Yeah. Oui,
0: oui. Bonjour.
2: But it sounds (laughs) so different to those other three, right?
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but I think the roots are kind of similar, like when you look at the Uh, words. Okay.
2: Yeah. So, Kima travels. What do you do? Like in terms of clientele, types of trips, like what is your mantra? Or is it a free for all? Anyone can turn up and ask for a trip?
0: That's a good yeah, question. Like, yeah, walk into the office, do some YouTube, have some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you want to start? You want me to? Yeah, all
1: right, sure, I'll start. I'll Please. answer the easy questions. You can answer the hard ones. <laughs> no, there's no there's no hard questions. Um, Brian and I, we focus on international travel. So um, for a lot of our clients, we're really helping them with international trips. Now, that doesn't mean that we won't help with domestic U.S. trips. But um, being in Ohio, we're not going to help someone like get to, I don't know, Pennsylvania or kentucky or something like that. Um, it just doesn't make sense for us and it doesn't make sense for them um, but for those who want to go from ohio to uh, california and do like a whole trip in california and the pacific northwest areas as well Like, you know, that might be something that we can help with. Um, there's a big um, I guess stereotype with uh, travel agents um that uh, Travel agents are going to charge you uh to to help you and that's not the case, um, for us and Kima travel, uh, we actually help people, um, at no cost to them. Um, there are a few exceptions, but they're rare exceptions. And those exceptions are, um, when people have no desire to stay at hotels, no desire to do tours. And they have, uh, basically no desire to do any of those two things. Um, hmm. cause the truth is we make commission on the, on those things. That's where we make our money. And a lot of our clients, they're the clients that are looking for, Uh, those kind of trips. They're looking for those trips where they don't have to worry about the planning. They just want to go uh, select a destination or maybe get some recommendations for a destination and um, just show up and enjoy their trip. They don't want to worry about planning. They don't want to worry about um, or stress out about how they're going to get to the next destination. A lot of our clients just want everything taken care of for them. So we really try our best to offer um, sort of a white glove approach to our service as much as we can and give them uh the kind of trip that they're looking for so for a lot of our clients we don't we don't charge anything and that doesn't mean that uh, we don't help people who have lower budgets so we um okay. are helping yeah. people um with all various kinds of budgets so we, i mean we've had clients that are spending i don't know a thousand dollars on a trip and brian i think you've had a client uh can i say this sure uh, who's who spent like $150,000 on a trip. So um, huge, oh, wow. huge variety wow. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I agree with everything
0: Will said. And just to add to that, like, we'll, we'll be clear. It's not a secret. There are things we can make money on selling as travel agents and things that we can't. And there's a ton of stuff we can't. Because as you know, James, travels travel is a huge topic. It's a huge subject, right? There's a lot of things mm-hmm. that uh, if you're going to go from uh, Norwich to the Cotswolds that's travel but do you need a travel agent no uh, you can just go train I don't know cab car train, sure <laughs> whatever um anyway so we'll be up front like if, if someone like one thing uh airlines took away commissions spe- specifically for domestic travel right so if, if you mm-hmm. want a flight from Detroit to Los Angeles and you come into our travel agency we're gonna like uh in the year 2000, the airlines took away all the commissions for, for, uh, travel agencies. So for something like that, Hey, you know, we have to charge you a fee of somewhere between 30 and $50 just, just so we can, you know, stay in business. And, mm. and honestly, if, if you need a travel agent to book a ticket from Detroit to Los Angeles, then yeah. you should have to pay 40 bucks. You know yeah. That's on you. Right. Um, so uh, things like that, but but our big thing is yeah, like Will said, booking vacation packages, and but then we work with hotels all over the world, big hotels, resorts, as well as boutique hotels, and and then everywhere in the middle. One thing we just cannot do is airbnbs and that's been one that we get more and more uh. requests for hey and i'm, I'm very upfront i'll like hey listen i can help with your with your flights um a couple hotels in your itinerary mm. some tours i got some great tour guides hook to you up with i can help with your trains and maybe some other transportation but i see here and here you want to book an airbnb that's totally fine but you book that i'll book everything else and then we work through it because airbnb just doesn't work through travel agents hotels do Airbnb doesn't and we're fine I'm not i'm not distraught about it that's a market that's anything direct to I'm like you and the same goes not just Airbnb but like someone wants to like rent out their apartment or like do like a i don't know maybe like a timeshare rental or like have you heard of like homeaway.com or um vrbo.com yeah yeah. yeah those are all websites where it's like yeah just and, it, like, we had a family reach out to us. It was, um. So remember, like, we book hotels. So family reached out to us. They wanted to do, like, a, 30, a 30-person reunion in North Carolina, which is cool, right? People flying in all over from the U.S., going to North Carolina, getting a big beach house with, like, 15 rooms, you know, like, something gigantic, right? And, and I just kind of had to very politely say, that's awesome. Good for you guys. Have a great time. But that's just not our market. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't. We don't work with that. We don't have access. You need to go out to like a North Carolina rental, beach rental company and and reach out to them. And I'm sure they got something for you.
1: Yeah. And there are like some uh, agencies out there that specialize entirely on Disney World. That's all they do is Disney World. And do we even have like, do we do Disney?
0: <laughs> yeah. One of our agents took the uh, Disney college course. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sure, sure, okay. Um, and I, I've actually talked to someone who who uh, runs an agency out west, and they said that they make most of their money off of airlines somehow. I don't know. They, they I think what they do is they charge a price for every ticket. So if they find a yeah. a, a ticket for an airline uh, that's a thousand dollars, they're going to sell it for twelve hundred and take a two hundred dollar markup fee. Um, mm-hmm. And they explicitly said that we don't actually book the hotels for people because it's a lot of hassle for us. Like wow, that's really crazy because hotels are usually the biggest um,
2: moneymaker. Uh, money maker, yeah. Okay, and for international travel, do you like book people onto like you mentioned Geo Adventures for example? Yeah. Would you book someone onto a Geo Adventures
0: tour? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And stuff yeah, like that? absolutely, yeah. We work with tons of tour operators, um, yeah, uh, all around the globe, and we have good relationships with them. So that that is definitely um, a big part of our market. I would say um, of of what will and I and our we're we're both on the vacation side. So with our travel agency, we have um, we have nine agents who work in the office. Then nine agents who work from home. Um, of the nine agents that work in the office, three of them are dedicated towards corporate travel, um, yeah. and that's a part of our business that. Oof, I don't know long-term <laughs> of corporate. Uh, I don't quite understand it. I'm very proud of our three agents who handle that because they have some big mm-hmm. accounts, right? Like we have some some big hospitals in our area, some uh, yeah. university in our area, and some um, public schools in our area uh, mm-hmm. who all use our agency for all their travel. So we're super blessed to have those accounts. It's definitely... It's nice as a year-round moneymaker because they're always traveling. We always say it's our corporate business that keeps the lights on and pays the bills, right? And then our, yeah. we're all both on the leisure side, right, planning vacations and things like that. Um, and of that, I would say about 95% of our business is international. And then of that, um, about 30% is cruise, 70% is land. So it kind of gives you an idea of our breakdown. We do quite a bit of cruise, ocean cruise liners, as well as river cruising. Um, And then of the land portion, about, I'd say about, Twenty-five to thirty percent of that is group escorted touring. So, G Adventures, Intrepid Tours, also mm. things like Globus, Trafalgar, Insight Vacations, Abercrombie and Kent, Tauk, some some big names where um, they're yeah. doing year-round like bus tours, coach tours, and those are sometimes large group where there's forty-four passengers in a tour bus as well as small group tours where so there's maybe like 20 to 22 passengers on a tour bus, as well as like your G Adventures, which is 12 to 16 passengers. And then we also do yeah. a fair amount of private trips where we customize it for people.
2: Cool. So you literally cover all bases, pretty much. Yeah,
0: yeah, pretty much. Except for Airbnb. <laughs> yeah, except for Airbnb and Verbo, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just do that on your own. Have fun. <laughs> also, I will say this. I had clients who I sent to Lisbon in Spain, and I... I booked them a package. I got them a great savings. We did international flights plus three nights at like the Intercontinental Hotel in Lisbon. They loved it. Then they went to Spain. I booked them the train, and they were like, well, we want to do this Airbnb in Madrid. I said, well, that's great. I don't do Airbnb, so you book that. They're like, sounds good. They got there. The wife got super, super sick, um, and they called me. They're like, what do we do? I'm like, oh, gosh, well... I mean, they're like, there's no front desk to go to. What do we do? Mm. I was like, well, how about mm. the owner? So, well, the owner didn't speak English. He only spoke Spanish. And because we're here at his house, he took his family to the beach like f- six hours south. So he's not readily available. It's like, oh, shoot. So I ended up going to Google Maps, finding their location, found a hotel near, I'm sorry, a hospital nearby, gave him the name of it. They were able to tell it to their taxi driver, who got him to the hospital. Thought like, good thing I picked up my phone. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, like, um, that's like that's freaky. So don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm actually an Airbnb fan. We've yeah. had Will and I have had good Airbnb success. Mm. Um, had some some iffy ones too, <laughs> but yeah, I say when you're a travel agent and you're sending clients overseas to a foreign destination. It's comforting for you as the travel agent to be like, actually, I'm glad you're at a place that has a 24-7 front desk so you can ask these questions and get yeah. help because I don't want to be your emergency contact here in Ohio. No, which actually brings me to the next
2: question. Do you help people with travel insurance? Yeah, that's yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> It's a big one. Yeah, especially, one. Uh, I guess, post-COVID. Um, and to be fair, yeah. it's a big moneymaker too, to be completely transparent. Um, yeah,
0: about, about 95, I just looked, about 95% of our clients traveling overseas are purchasing travel insurance.
1: Yeah. Wow. It, it used to be uh, pre-COVID sort of like, um, hey, are you interested in travel insurance? Here's what it might cover. And everyone's kind of like, eh. Right. Nah. Yeah. And now it's like, mm. hey, we're interested in this trip and we want travel insurance right?" because of COVID. Um, so it's been an uh, interesting change
2: interesting okay and alongside this you have your podcast yeah um, which is that a mix of some trips that you've done and what's happening in the travel agency world or how have you mm. developed that podcast
1: it's a really good question so it started off with us talking about um, locations and trips that we've been on um, but we're sort of um, I guess evolving it to just talk about things in general that we're interested in uh, when it comes to travel. It's still talking a lot about locations and places that we've been, but we're really trying to have uh, guests on and talk about locations that we haven't been. Like, for example, you're going to be on our show and you're going to be talking about Brunei. And we've never been to Brunei, but we're so excited to talk about it because it'll be really great to be able to highlight uh, what makes Brunei so incredible, what's so interesting about that location, uh, why should you bother going? If you're going to go, what should you know about it? The whole mm-hmm. idea with the, tr- with the podcast is to, um, I guess, in essence, almost digitize the concept of a travel agent and relay that sort of information that a travel agent might give you, but mm-hmm. in the form of a digestible uh, podcast episode. We had this uh, sort of vision that, hey, our podcast might be for the person who is on their way to the airport or they're on the airplane On their way to their destination and let's say they're they're going to iceland for example and they want to learn more about the country that they're about to go on to maybe they listen to the travel agents they listen to our podcast they hear our stories what we like what we recommend what we recommend not to do and some of the tips that we have in general
0: yeah and our podcast was never meant to be just for travel agents it was always meant for the public and
1: i i I, but Mm. but coming at it
0: from hey as travel agents who look at this stuff every day, here's just some extra little ancillary thoughts, and I think that kind of bleeds through in the content, and that's at least the hope as we're talking about. Oh yeah, by the way, when you're flying there, you might want to look at booking your trip as a multi-city, as a, or what you know, like just mm. random little tidbits like that, or like random hotel recommendations, or, or or how long you should go, or like things like that. Like which I don't know, I guess someone might talk about you you may bring up in your podcast or something but i think we're, we're definitely coming at it from a tourist perspective
2: yeah yeah for sure nice and the actual podcast is called the travel agents podcast
1: yeah it's called the travel agents plural obviously podcast but it's not in the title it's just the travel agents travel
2: agents okay mm-hmm. and for both your podcast and Kima travels,
0: where can people find you for websites and social media? Yeah. So our website uh, for Kima travel is www.kima.travel, but I'm going to spell out Kima. Kima is China, but an M like Michael instead of the N, right? So C H I M a www.kima.travel. And Ooh, quick, quick little shout. Will, he is too modest. He is a phenomenal videographer. He actually has. Uh, well, you can talk about that brand if you want, but he uh, created our company. Um, uh, what's it called?
1: Brand message video. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good, dude.
0: Brand message video on our homepage. So it's worth going to our website just to watch the two minute opening video, and it's it's incredible.
1: Well, thank you. That's really kind of you. It was like I think my third video I had ever done. Um, so, so high praise. He's even thank you. better. <laughs> so you can find us on that website for Kema travel. If you need help uh, booking your vacation or you're just interested in like maybe getting a quote or something, happy to help you with that. Um, but in terms of the travel agents, you can find us on uh, Instagram. Uh, we're going to actually be ramping up uh, video production for a lot of what we're trying to do for the podcast mm-hmm. and for our socials. So we're actually planning on rolling out a lot of content for social media. We're going to be expanding onto TikTok and YouTube um, as well as uh, Instagram and uh, you can follow us on Instagram, or you can go to thetravelagents.net. Uh, that's our website. Uh, you can listen to our podcast there. You can learn more about what we are, who we are, what we do, um, as well as listen to our podcast. And you can contact us if you uh, if you enjoyed listening to us and you want to reach out to us and you have questions, you can contact us there.
2: Great. And I'll put all the links in the show notes so people can access them pretty quickly. Thanks. And I will put your video production company in there as well because I've, I've actually checked it out. So. Thanks, man. I wow. appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the video on the website. That's great. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate wow. it. Sucks me in. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. It's awesome. Okay. So, no worries. To finish the podcast, I normally do a couple of features and the quickfire questions. Hey, yeah. Just a quick one before we carry on with the travel questions. I just want to say there are many ways to support this podcast. You can buy me a coffee and help support the podcast with $5. Or you can go to my merch store with the affiliate link with Tee Public, where there's plenty of merch available to buy, such as T-shirts, jumpers, hoodies, and also some children's clothing. Thirdly, which is free, you can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, or GoodPods. Also, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Simply just search for Wingin It Travel Podcast, and you'll find me displaying all my social media content for traveling, podcasts, and other stuff. Thank you. It's travel question time. So I'm going to kick off each. How many countries have you traveled to
1: each? Uh, mine's a lot lamer. Uh, I'm probably around like 10 or 11, I think.
0: Yeah. Uh, depending on how you count, which I know is controversial, I'm at 37. I'm interested in that. What, what's the caveat there, depending on how you count?
2: Uh, I have Puerto Rico. I have. Oh, have you have you counted that as a country? Have you?
0: Well, it's because they're not a country. They're not a state. What are they? Well, right, it's yeah. he, here's why I have it is because <laughs> for the first nine months of this year, I was in a relationship with a Puerto Rican girl who was an independent. So she made yeah. me add that. <laughs> she was like, don't you dare not count us,
1: you know? So I was like, okay, okay, in baby, case, I'll do it. Another one for me. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and me up in Portugal. There poor you, here, you yeah. go. And yeah. I guess, and
0: include it. Like some other ones. Um, like, I, I mean, I think, how about Vatican and Monaco? Throw those in? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Good. nations yeah. they nation, yeah. Why not? Yeah. I, Plus, also, I, I also count the United States, even though I was born here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, good. Course, Just yeah. making sure we're clear there.
2: Like the weird question for me is: Do I count Scotland, Wales, and England as a separate? Or controversial. Oh yeah. Um, oh, I, no, don't, I don't. I would. But, on my list, I'm totally putting those as. Far. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> okay. And out of those countries you travel to,
0: which
1: three are your favourites? Uh, Israel, Northern Ireland, and Iceland. Uh, Puerto Rico. My- <laughs> I'm, just kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Israel, Italy.
0: France, maybe Iceland, I don't know. Okay, and three countries
1: that you want to travel to next, each.
0: I'm ready. Brazil, New Zealand, Czech Republic.
1: Oh, that was way faster. Um, I can okay. go slower. Norway, Peru, um, and uh, Japan. <laughs>
2: yeah, very popular answer. Okay, so I've got two coffee questions here. Ooh. If you could pick one city in the world... To watch uh, the world go by and drink coffee, where would that be? That's a good question.
0: Like a place we've already been or a place we haven't been? Either. It's got to be Jerusalem. Ooh,
1: yeah. Talk about
0: one. the amount of weird, <laughs> not weird, interesting and different, diverse people you're going to watch walk by you.
1: Yeah, I, I will second Jerusalem. I will add, and I've never been, but the conceptually, Edinburgh, uh, Edinburgh uh, yeah, having a cup of coffee in Edinburgh would probably be pretty sick. I would imagine.
0: And what type of coffee do you drink?
1: Uh, I am light roasted
0: black.
2: Nice.
1: I'll drink any kind of uh, coffee as long as it's black. Um, but my go-to that I have every morning is Black Rifle Coffee Company. Okay.
2: Nice. And what is a favorite beach that you've both been to? A
0: beach? Oh, how yeah. fun. Uh, the topless beaches in Greece were quite nice. <laughs> which, 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 which island was it's that? Called Amor, it was called Amorgos, right? It was like the mm-hmm. love island. Am, Amor, yeah. Amorgos. No, but um, other than that, uh, I, I just the truth is, my sister lives in Destin, Florida, on the Gulf Coast of Florida, and it's like... The beach is insanely good. We're talking a beach that's like 30 meters wide with white powder. It's like cocaine, the sand, right? And the the ocean, you just see right through it. You see all the fish, everything, because it's so crystal clear. It's Florida. I know, you got to drink the water. I mean, it's just like, this exists. Okay, great answer.
1: Um, there's a beach in the Dominican. I can't remember the name off of it, but we took a catamaran from, um, Punta Cana out to this beach and it was probably like an hour and a half. I wish I could n- like name it for you, but I wasn't a travel agent at the time. Par- I was on an all inclusive, all inclusive. I just didn't care. I just wanted Paradise to band. beach um no so the big claim to fame this might help you find it if you're trying to look for it there's this huge area and it's super shallow i mean we're talking like a huge large square footage of yeah. the area where it's never going to go any higher than maybe your your mm. waist
0: so you walk out super far and you're still not even
1: yeah like really 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 far yeah it's really cool It's cool okay that should be quite easy to find i think i, I hope so <laughs>
2: if you could pick one walk or trek that's been your favorite this can be at home or even
0: traveling what's your favorite <laughs> Wait, a walk or trek all right I how do you one. interpret that question well
1: um or hike so oh, okay, maybe okay. my answer will help okay, okay. Uh, going back to iceland uh there is a waterfall that's off the beaten path uh it's in the golden circle but this waterfall is called brewerfoss it's like very very blue like um it's it's like a uh, Blue that I've never seen it's a glacial it's a glacial yeah. uh, Waterfall mm-hmm. but to get there you have to uh, go off the beaten path uh, There's actually like no like legitimate trail you just kind of wander and get there and mm-hmm. It might take you about an hour and a half to actually get to Brewerfoss But you're going to come across a few other waterfalls um, On the way there is my wife's favorite uh, Thing about Iceland and it was one of my highs with Iceland nice
0: uh, mine is in Zion National Park, which is in southern Utah. It's a hike called The mm. Narrows. It's two great giant walls on each side with water, and you have to rent boots, and you walk through this whole trek with boots and a hiking stick that you rent. And oh, wow. uh, at any given time, there could be a flash flood, which will
1: kill you. <laughs> so that's <But> fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Super fun. Okay.
2: On a slightly lighter note, Yeah, uh, if you could pick one country in the world... To live in for a year. Where'd you live for a That's year? Not USA.
0: Yeah. Oh, cool, cool,
1: cool, cool.
2: You can't. You can't have China. You've had that, Brian. Yeah, Just yeah, yeah, that
1: yeah. No, I'll have. Yeah. I also wouldn't. <laughs> um, I think for me, honestly, it's going to be really related to football. Um, I feel like living in the states, I, I, I don't know anyone that watches the sport, and I'm talking about soccer. Um yeah. And it's like really hard to like, I don't know, I don't have a chance to like connect with anyone that actually watches it. And it's a huge Mm. part of my life. I love the sport. I love it so much. So to be able to live in either Spain or England uh, for a lot of that culture would be really, really cool. Um, I'll probably lean towards England because I'm fascinated by English culture and English history. Um, And I mean, it has nothing to do with the fact that we're very, very similar. It's Completely because I'm just fascinated with England and uh, the culture there. Nice. I have two. Uh Ecuador yeah. or Kenya. <laughs> Kenya.
0: Oh, interesting. So nice. I just think think how different that would be. It would be very different. Yeah, yeah. Be and if you're outburst, there, yeah. you could travel around to different places. Not Rwanda it becomes Ooh, okay.
1: You've been on a Rwanda kick.
0: I have. I forgot. <laughs> I've been very interested in Rwanda, James. I, have you seen this 30-minute okay. video on YouTube about how it's becoming the Singapore of Africa?
1: Really? R- oh, wow. Okay.
0: Very fascinating to learn. It's got the lowest crime rate in all of Africa. Mm. This is the yeah, country that, that just yeah. just 30 years ago had a genocide. Genocide, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. where one out of every 25? 25 people were killed. and right Now it's the safest country in Africa. It's insane.
2: That's crazy. That's an insane turnaround. Yeah, you got to check it out, this yeah. video. Next question would be a landmark that's your favorite it can be nature or man made.
1: So for me, actually, one of the most profound experiences in my life was actually seeing the Wailing Wall for the first time, which is in Jerusalem. Um, I'm a I'm a Christian, so um, my faith and my religion means a lot to me. Um, and I can remember and pinpoint the exact moment where I turned the corner at night in Jerusalem and I saw the Wailing Wall for the first time, and it was just a really profound and deep. Uh, moment and it was just so cool just so so cool so probably that
0: nice a good answer man proud of you <laughs> <laughs> I well, I don't know I'm just trying to think like I have some one thing I've seen that was just really really good I kind of had a little bit of like a huh, fanboy moment with a Taj Mahal no yeah. I take that back I loved it yeah it, it oh. was fine great wall of China do you know how long uh, the great wall of China is if I said miles, would you understand what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm in miles. Yeah, yeah. It's 13,000 miles.
1: <laughs> it's so long. Isn't the circumference of so, the world like 26,000? Something like that? Uh, wow. Well, you can see it from space, right? Great World China. You That's can what see space, it. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. Just,
0: just going there, and I, it was cool. Our... Um, There's, like, a couple areas you can get dropped off at. And so everyone goes to this area called Badaling, which is the super touristy one where there's, like, a slide for the kids and lots of, (laughs) like, there's, like, lots of people selling, like, shirts and stuff and then lots of, like, you know, ice cream and that stuff. But our tour guide knew to take us to this area where there was not a soul in sight. We didn't see anyone. And you look one way, and the wall just goes as far as the eye can see and you turn around, and the other way, the wall goes as far as the eye can see. And you're just kind of like,
1: what? This yeah, exists?
0: Crazy. It was all to do what? Keep out a people group?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> what? It's just nuts. And like no matter how long you walk, and there's a marathon, a marathon, which is 26.2 miles on the Great Wall, and like it's 13,000. 171 miles you're doing 26 which has got to feel like you've just gone so extremely far and yet you've just gone <laughs> 0.001 you know what i'm saying it's like wow yeah, yeah.
2: insane mental okay yeah we'd love to see that okay i've got three more questions and the third from last is a favorite cuisine international cuisine that's your favorite oh fun
0: That's
1: I like fun. this
0: I'll say guacamole <laughs> <laughs> so, um do you have one off the top of your head
1: uh yeah definitely Mediterranean um yeah so good uh, I could eat Mediterranean we always have this question like if you could only eat one uh type of cuisine for the rest of your life what would it be and my go-to is Mediterranean and eating Mediterranean food in the Mediterranean area mm, yeah
0: that is so good and I totally agree with that but I do want to see another one uh in when I was in Japan, I don't know if you remember this James, but it's just like the movies where they have the conveyor belt of sushi and you just grab the sushi yeah. you want. And at the end and you can grab a it was like a blue plate or a yellow plate. The blue was like a certain price, the yellow was a certain. At the very end when you're ready to pay, the um, the cashier just counts the number of plates you had and they bill you accordingly. And just that experience and and I love sushi and it was the, the best sushi I've ever had. It was so fresh, so good. It was right there in Tokyo. Yep.
2: Yeah. I'm not a fan of sushi. I didn't do that. i do done it with cakes. You only know, have have to um, oh, get yeah. cakes as they go around. Nice. Like, too much cake, though. Wow. But <laughs> top notch. That's a, that's a recommendation for. Nice. Uh, yeah, I think we're in Tokyo doing that. I can't quite remember.
0: Also, Will, how much fun are these rapid fire questions? are really fun. I <laughs> wish we did this. Yeah, we can can do we this. just do this, too?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can, this is so it, much yeah. fun. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> the country that you've been to that's been the best
1: value for money. Oh, that's a very good question.
0: Uh, I feel like it's got to be Eastern Europe. Let me go Romania. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. You that's get a good cool.
0: bang for your buck.
1: Yeah. I feel so bad uh, because Brian's seen a lot cooler countries than I have been. Um, ah, shoot, man. I'm going to go. Uh, I'll go Northern <laughs> Ireland. Um, I, everywhere that I've been is been like there's never been like a cheap area unless you go to mexico or the dr but i didn't go to mexico and dr for cheap experiences mm. uh but northern ireland i mean i feel like you can get some really cool experiences just by uh running a car or hopping on to some public transport and going to uh some of those huge landmarks and going into the city of like belfast and um, all that stuff so yeah nice
2: okay the last question is what words of wisdom would you pass on to someone as to why they should go travel, whether that's only for two weeks internationally or for six months trip? What would you say?
0: I think just the memories you're going to make are going to be worth it. Uh, the experiences you have, you cannot get here no matter how much you watch online. Mm. And I thought I had a third thing to tie a nice little bow around it. Um, it is going to make you appreciate, or maybe not even the word appreciate. It's going to make you understand. This is a this is a key one. I want to I want to make sure I get through, though it can be difficult to articulate. It's hard to when you're a fish, do you know you're in water? No, right? I don't know, maybe. Um, but when you're an American, do you like if you asked an American who's never been outside of this country, does America have a culture? You might say yes, but you might not know how to articulate or anything about it. And until you leave, you go, oh, actually, yes, America does have a culture. And now I can tell you what it is, but I couldn't tell you before I left.
1: That's powerful. I think for travel, um, your experience can be defined with the people that you share it with, whether it be the people you go on the trip with or the people that you meet on the trip. Um, For me, the things that I remember in my travels are not the landmarks, uh, Grand, I, I remember them, but um, they're not the first things that come to mind. Mm. They're not the, the shops that I went to or the restaurants that I went to. It's the memories that I share with the people. It's 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 Brian playing the piano in, in downtown <laughs> Reykjavik. It's uh, smoking hookah in Jerusalem. It's sharing a hot tub with Icelanders. Um, those are the memories that come to mind first, and um, it's it's sharing that with people.
0: Wow nice dude there you go. That's
2: that's great, great answers a yeah. yeah that's awesome okay Brian and Will thanks for coming to the podcast thanks man it's been a great chat I've learned a lot and I cannot wait to get us out there
0: cool can't wait for you to be on our podcast yeah, we super excited <laughs> yes. man. that's
2: really awesome <laughs> isn't it yeah, yeah. we love chatting yeah, cheers man. guys cheers yeah cheers thank you for listening to my Winging It Travel podcast episode today you can find me on Instagram at James Hammond Travel or Winging It Travel podcast you can search for both I release weekly clips of this podcast episode, as well as photos from the last 8-10 to years of my travels. You can also follow me on TikTok, Facebook and Pinterest by searching Winging It Travel Podcast. I do release daily content to do with travel and the podcast throughout the week. Also check out my website, jameshammond.org. There's content about myself, my travels and there's also a newsletter sign up as well as a contact form. Finally, please rate and review the podcast on Podchaser. This is my platform of choice. Alternatively, you can rate this on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts from. This really helps the podcast gain a bit of traction for the future in terms of guests and content. And I'm glad to see that you guys are listening out there, reviewing it and enjoying the content so far. Stay safe, stay humble, keep listening, keep traveling and I'll catch you soon. Cheers, James.